The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of the QB Factory Reboot brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. We are recording on a victorious Wednesday. It's December 22nd, to be exact, and the Philadelphia Eagles are now 7-7 and after defeating the Washington football team at home on Tuesday, 27-17. And I must say, it's been a really wild football week. It's been a really crazy, wild, it was a crazy, wild Tuesday night game. And I mean, from the interception that bounced off Dallas Goddard's heel to Jalen Hurts's uh, fumble, and then they eventually got things going. It was just a wild game, but they came through. They pulled through with the victory over the Washington football team. And we're here. We're back after the bye week to talk about what happened week 15 against Washington. We're going to discuss what we saw from Jalen Hurts. This was his first game back after he suffered his ankle sprain. And then we went on the bye week. And then we're also going to touch on what we saw from Garrett Gilbert for the Washington football team and look ahead to the remainder of the season. The Eagles are preparing to host the Giants. This is going to be their second time playing the Giants this season. So we're going to touch on that a little bit and everything that's going down in that franchise. So, yeah, but the Eagles currently are in a virtual tie with the Vikings and the Saints for the final NFC wildcard spot. I looked up a stat according to ESPN's uh, power football power index. The Eagles playoff chances increased to 46% with their win over Washington. But before we get things started, don't forget to rate, leave a written review, subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on social media at BGN underscore radio on Twitter and at Bleeding Green Insta on Instagram. I'm your host, Rachel Brett. And I'm joined by my amazing co-host, the one and only QB expert, Mark Schofield. Hello, Mark. It's a wild week. It's Christmas week. How are you feeling? I, I'm doing well, Rachelle. It's great to be back with you. We had a nice little bye week to sort of recover. Um, getting ready for the holiday. I've been basically elbow deep in cookie dough for the past 24 hours. And I will remain there for the next 24 hours because as I was telling you before the show, our, our neighborhood has kind of turned this into a bit of a competition with cookie tins and holiday cookies and all sorts of craziness and so i'm trying to keep up with everybody else but good to be back mm-hmm. i gotta i gotta instead of a song lyric instead of a movie reference i'm going with a meme reference Ooh. i'm going with a meme reference because as somebody it was interesting we spent some time over the weekend actually out in ohio to see some friends that we haven't seen in a long time um my life, wife's lifelong friend and her family live in australia but they were finally able to travel back to illinois to see their family and so they're staying in the states for like a month and a half and we met them like halfway 
and I'm trying to like have conversations with other adults and it's like, well, did you see this on Twitter or did you see this on Instagram? And they're looking at me like, what are you talking about? Cause I spend way too much of my life online, but I did want to reference a meme here at the outset. It's one of my favorites. It's a high school football player being interviewed after a game and he's asked a question and his answer is they had us in the first half. I'm not going to lie. And that's how I felt watching the first 10 to 12 minutes of that game last night. Yes. Because I was having this fear ratio that we were going to have to have a very awkward conversation here on Wednesday about Jalen Hurts, about the direction of this team, about the playoffs, about all sorts of things. But then the switch flipped. They righted the ship. They got a critical win over Washington, a divisional win, which who knows could play a role in tiebreakers and things like that. But they had us in the first half or so. I'm not going to lie. I was a little worried. I agree. I mean, before I even dropped my song lyric, I did want to say, fun fact, my mom doesn't even let us open our gifts unless we bake cookies the night before. She's just oh. made it like a thing since we were little. It's like, if you don't bake cookies for Santa, you can't right. open gifts. So I'm like, the cookie factory. I see the cookie factory. cookie factory going on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I made 90 cookies on Tuesday night. We're recording this. It's now like one or so Wednesday afternoon. I've already got another 34 cookies that just came out of the oven. I've got three more varieties to get through okay. before Christmas Eve on okay. Friday night. So I've got to make the Christmas trees. Uh, I've got to make the chewy molasses crinkles. I've got to make the Grammy's old-fashioned chocolate cookies. Okay. And I've already made the sugar cookies, which the kids like to decorate. I've already made the cakey chocolate chip. And my favorite, the Sprinterelles, which okay. they're like stamps. And they're like basically honest and lemon undertones to them. Okay. And you make them, you form them with stamps, and they have to sit overnight. Okay. So they're like, my office has like cookies in the background. What? Yeah. And then, actually, I can probably show you if I move. Please, I want to see it. You see right there on top yes. of that like box, there's cookies just, wow. just, just resting. And so those sit overnight, Rachel, okay. and then they bake for an hour at 2.20. Whoa. Yeah. It's this like, entire process. And every time I do this, this is not like my fourth year of making those. Okay. My wife is just like, what are you doing? Like, you like, guys what have are you variety. Doing to yourself, yeah. You you need variety. You, I'm just you, used you to the gotta... sugar chocolate chip, but you guys have the whole thing going, like the whole shebang. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's probably a little bit too much. And my cardiologist, when I see him in January, is probably like, "Yeah, it's absolutely too much." Because you know, <laughs> oh, my, one of my favorite Ted Lasso lines. Well, like my doctor told me when I addicted to fettuccine Alfredo, that's a little rich for my blood. Mm. And I do like mm. fettuccine Alfredo too. Pasta. I mean, pasta yeah. alone is just excellent. Mm. Chef kiss, chef kiss. There you go. But I'm going to go into my song lyrics. I chose lyrics from Ambition by Wiley and Rick Ross. And it says, ambition is priceless. That's something in your veins. And I doubt that ever change. I looked up the definition of ambition. We all know what it means. But it right. said a strong desire to do or achieve something typically requiring determination, hard work. And you already touched on it a little bit. But Dalen Hurst was coming back after his ankle sprain. And then we had... The guest um, well, in that game, he in that game, Gardner Minshew had to play starting quarterback in his place, yeah. completely balled out. Gardner Minshew did his thing. Then we go on the bye week. It's been literally, I think, 23 days since uh, Jalen Hurts had played up until yesterday. So he had went on this break. You know, there was a lot of pressure. I feel like there was a lot riding on him coming into this game, especially against Washington, because we know the circumstance with the division teams yep. and all of these games are capable of being won. 
So pretty much like just the fact that he had so much riding on this game, I feel like we knew that if he lost this game, there was going to be a huge problem on our hands. And we thought the conversation with Gardner Minshew was bad. I think that that would have spiraled. I think that that would have completely blew up a true quarterback controversy if he would have lost lost to Garrett Gilbert out of all people, you know? So I just feel like the lyrics say ambition is priceless. That's something in your veins. And I think that speaks directly to Jalen Hurts. He is showing us that he has a strong desire to improve. He has a strong desire to win and be successful. And it continues to show in games like the one against the Washington football team on Tuesday, where he completely like had one of his best performances. He did what he had to do. So that just shows you that he is can potentially be our franchise quarterback because he he has that dog mentality. He has that hunger to win. And when it clicks, it clicks and it's good. Yeah. And it clicked, I'd say, you know, maybe second quarter on. It, it yeah. really sort of started to click for him. You you mentioned Garrett Gilbert, our, our good friend Michael Kist had a great tweet on Tuesday night, which is basically the Eagles have given up 17 points to Garrett Gilbert, which is 27 too many, which yeah. I thought was a perfect way to sort of sum up the it night. Was. Um, you know, shifted to Hertz. I, he did struggle early. Like mm-hmm. there were mistakes early in this game and the interception that, that no, like that doesn't matter. That was a free play, like whatever. Right. But like, you know, even that first big completion to Goddard, right. That like 19 mm-hmm. yarder on the cross and route on a third and six, like midway through the first quarter, he's got Ragor open on a go route along the right mm-hmm. side of the field. Now, I think what happens there is they're showing him a single deep safety pre-snap, mm-hmm. and they kind of rotate it to a – they rotate it to a cover two, and they kind of invert it on the backside because the guy that ends up playing one of the half-field safeties is aligned as a corner over okay. Regor, and okay. he kind of slides to that half-field. Mm-hmm. And I think what happens is he sort of sees that as single high, sort of reads it as more of a cover three, and with mm-hmm. that guy playing so deep, he doesn't think he can throw that. And against that single high coverage, you're going to hit that cross route coming over. But Rager's wide open. And, you know, if he throws that, it's probably a touchdown, but he doesn't throw it. You know, mm-hmm. you have the sack fumble where he's very conservative when he had opportunities to throw yep. downfield. You have that long sort of scramble drill where he ends up rolling to his right. Devonta Smith makes a great catch along the sideline. Mm-hmm. But he had Smith open earlier the route. Like he initially yeah. pulls it down for no reason. You know, and, and then he, he finally sort of figured it out. Like, like I think, you know, a, a real good sort of get him into the flow play was the second and nine sort of boot throwback early in the second quarter to Goddard, where Goddard yeah. goes up, makes a great play, but it's like you could feel him sort of finally get into the flow of things. He had a third down and two miss near the red zone mm-hmm, where he mm-hmm. locked on Smith early. Like yes. You could tell. He was – I'm throwing this to Devonta Smith. And even though Gainwell is open on a little spot yeah, he's just like, no, I'm throwing it. And Devonta's basically like triple covered because you've got two mm-hmm. defenders. You've got the end zone and the side, the side line of the end zone. And yeah, it just, that didn't, that didn't click to me. The yeah. one that really, that I loved, and I think Quincy Avery was talking about this play earlier today on Twitter, who coaches Jalen Hurts in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Second and six, 345 of the second quarter. There's a stick swing concept to the left side where he's got the little stick route inside, running back to the swing. He looks at him, looks at him, doesn't like him, and he comes and he hits sort of the backside dig from Goddard. And you can see 
his eyes and his feet are just in sync as he's going through all three reads. And Quincy basically had like a proud pop a moment. I'm going to like pull up his tweet right here. Cause again, this is a guy that coaches Jalen hurts in the off season. Yeah. And he had a tweet about seeing Jalen tie his feet to his eyes, get into number three, the third read. It's probably something that I'm most proud to see takes discipline and shows you he's maturing in the pocket. And that's the stuff you want to see to, you know, to see him get to that third read, to see the eyes, the feet, the mind all tied together. I mean, it's, it's teaching tape type stuff. Now you have all the mistakes earlier in the game, the missed opportunities, mm-hmm. the missed throws, the conservative decisions, pulling the football down, but he doesn't, but then you see moments like this. And like you say, it's like, yeah, okay, this could be the guy. Yes. Like, like am I completely 100% sold? Like, no, no, it's rare right. that hundred percent sold on a guy anyway. But that's a moment where you're like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I definitely think in this game, his good outweighed the bad. Like you said, oh, absolutely. the first quarter absolutely. was just was low, was rusty. And I think rightfully so, because like I mentioned, it had been 23 games. I mean, 23 days, my right. correction, uh, since he had played. So I think that he was kind of, you know, trying to find that rhythm, getting back into the flow of things. But the play that you mentioned with uh, Devontae Smith, when he had Kenny Gainwell yeah. under, that one was definitely one of the bad plays that I took note of. And the main thing that I noted was like uh, his inability to see the field in that particular play. Right. The decision-making and it cost the Eagles because they had to end up settle. I think that's when they settled for the field goal. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you brought that play up because that's the one that I had down for bad. We already talked about the Dallas Goddard play wasn't his fault. So even though it was yeah. marked as an interception, it wasn't on, it wasn't on Jalen's hurts. And then the also the other one of him, pretty much when he got the sack fumble, that was his fault. I think yep. I noted taking too long to get rid of the ball, like you mentioned, because you kind of tell like he he didn't he was indecisive. He didn't know what to do, and he, all of that time that he took, Montez Sweat, I'm pretty sure is who it yep. was, was able to break through, and that was bad. But there was a lot of good that I saw. You talked about the really really nice throw to uh, Devonte Smith. That one was phenomenal, but I also took note of the back shoulder throw that was to Greg Ward Jr. And I think that was the one that kind of like sealed the game. So I think that that was one of his best throws of the game of the his career could have arguably have been as well. And it was a really nice drive that I think sealed the game, like his best drive of the night. But I mean, he did well. I think he he did a really good job. He completed 20 of 26 passing attempts for 296 yards with the touchdown. He did have the interception. Wasn't his fault. He had he rushed for eight times for 38 yards with two rushing touchdowns. And he set a new franchise record with most single season rushing touchdowns by a quarterback at 10. And he passed Michael Vick from 2010. I did also want to note that Dallas Goddard yeah. dropped two big passes that were like right on target so that's also something to take note of too when you look at 20 of 26 he could have had two more completions if Dallas got it with those balls so but I think overall Jalen Hurst did what he had to do he looked good and I hope that he continues to move forward and improve because we have some more easy games we have Washington again we have the Giants coming up next and the Cowboys so if he can build on this performance like we talk about every single week we don't want you to backtrack you need to get better and better but this was a strong statement win in my opinion yeah I I think that's all you know pretty much spot on I mean I I think 
you know, the, the numbers, they need the context, right? Like the drops, mm -hmm. the, the weird interception. And so it's important to note that stuff. Yeah, I did want to sort of talk about two plays that you mentioned there. One, the, the strip sack and then the mm -hmm. Ward touchdown. You know, the, the strip sack, Sirianni deserves a lot of credit for his play, Colin. Last yes. night, he called a lot of designs that I thought were great. And this one is one of them because, you first of all, you basically started off with a Y ISO design. You've got Jackson in the game as a tight end. You know, you've got Devonta Smith in the backfield, which mm -hmm. I think is really cool. They did some wrinkles with Smith. They had Smith lined up a tight end. Yes. On a Hertz touchdown run. I mean, they did some cool things from a formation standpoint. And so you see the impact of the bye week because you can play around with some new things. And so you have Smith in the backfield running the wheel route. You've got Jackson running a post. I really like that on the backside. On the front side, you get what people call double China seven. So you get the inside receiver on the trips running that corner out to the back corner of the end zone. And then the two sort of like six yard or eight yard in cuts from the guy on the outside and the guy in the middle, the guy on the outside Gainwell is again, wide open. Mm -hmm. Like, did he drop a bunch of passes in practice? Like, did he like step on hurts his toes in the locker room? Like, cause this is now another play where he's wide open. Mm -hmm. Like there's a moment I'm looking at it right now and I got it sort of paused. Hertz is starting to throw and it looks like he wants to hit that sort of corner route. But mm -hmm. you've got this backside, you got this the cornerback covering that. Maybe he wants to throw the post route, but the post safety's in the middle of the field. Gainwell is on the zero in the 10 yard line marker, and there's nobody within 10 yards of him. Like just nobody within 10 yards of him. And mm -hmm. you know, if he gets his eyes to like Quincy Avery talked about, gets his eyes to three. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's a walk-in touchdown, but this is a second and six play. He's already got the first down. And right. he's probably got first and goal at like the 10. Right. And instead, he's he's too conservative. He ends up the strip sack and you're going the other way. And this is you're down seven, nothing. Yep. Like that's yep. no good. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Let's talk about something that was brilliant. And yeah. you said it might have been the best throw of his career. I saw a lot of people with that take last night in the moment. And after rewatching it this morning, I kind of agree with it. Like, I do think it was perhaps the best throw of his career. And it reminded me of a throw that Wentz had in mm -hmm. the back corner of the, the end zone that I think was against the Giants. But it was okay. sort of like a great throw on that sort of wheel route to somebody working. I think this, this was a running back coming out of the backfield. Here you've got a, a win receiver here. But what's brilliant about that play 
-hmm. is you can again see the work that he's doing with Quincy Avery pay off on the field. Mm -hmm. Because you watch this, and you've got that defender underneath in trail coverage. And Quincy Avery earlier in the year talked about an interception that Lamar Jackson threw against the Chiefs where he was trying to throw sort of a post route between the two deep safeties, but you had that underneath defender kind of covered him with it back to you. Okay. And Quincy Avery called that underneath defender a monument defender, a statue defender, because he's not going to be able to get his eyes on you. He's not going to be able to pick up the ball because he's running away from you with his back to you. So you have to put the ball just outside of his frame because all he can really defend is where he can put his arms. And so okay. you have to put the throw either high because your receiver's looking at you because he can go up and get it and the guy can't make the play, or you put it to the back shoulder. And this okay. is a drill that they work on because it's a throw you have to make in the moment. And here you see literally hours of off-season training pay off because you've got that monument defender, that defender underneath that can only defend where he can reach. Mm -hmm. So you put it to the back shoulder, Ward makes the adjustment. You know, that's why you lift all them weights. It's why you do all that stuff in practice. It paid off right there. It was great to see. Did you see the one play? Well, no, it wasn't a play. The one clip where they went to show Nick Sirianni completely in uh, Jalen Hurts' ear after. I think that was a sack fumble. Yeah. And I just saw a couple people talking about how it seemed like after that happened, the switch went off because – I don't know what type of player Jalen Hurts is, but some people like need that tough love a little bit more. And you're not used to seeing that Nick Sirianni completely like going in on Jalen Hurts. You're seeing, right. seeing a guitar, air guitar, and them like on good terms. So right. that was the first time that I had really ever seen that, but it seemed like something switched after that. So I'm glad that they showed that clip. You know? Yeah. And, and I think that might be sort of a seminal moment in the coach arc of Nick Sirianni and the coach quarterback relationship, you know, because we've talked to this year a lot about how it seems sometimes Hertz is either really good at the beginning, really good at the end or is slow at the beginning and then sort of turns it on, mm -hmm. you know, and you wonder a coach like Sirianni who has sort of developed this like players coach, you know, reputation, right. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of guys seem to be buying in what he's doing. A lot of guys seem to be, you know, the seeds were planted and they seem to be blooming and, and all that stuff. But I'm thinking about Marcus Freeman, the new incoming head coach at Notre Dame. And he talks about, yeah, I'm a player's coach, but it means that I want you to be accountable for things. Like, I trust you to do the right thing. But if you're not, I'm going to let you know about it because mm -hmm. I also believe that you'll be able to figure it out if I remind you and get on you about things that you need to be doing. You need to be doing things the right way. I mm -hmm. trust that you're going to do that. And if you're not, I'm going to make sure you're aware of it. We saw that moment with Sirianni where it seemed to be his quarterback was struggling. His quarterback was making mistakes. His quarterback had made broken some cardinal rules of quarterback play, mm -hmm. and he let him know. And the switch, like you said, flipped. And so I think that was great to see. And rather than a rash decision to sit him down or bench him to put right. you in or to just ignore it, it was, look, you need to be better. we got to win this game. We're playing Garrett Gilbert, who was in the AAF. He was just signed off the street. Mm -hmm. Like, we got to get a W here. Pull your hat out of you know where. Let's figure this out. That's what it looked like. You said it looked like he yeah. said, "Get your head, like get your head in a game." It, that's what it kind of yeah. looked like he was saying. But I think that this also goes to show that Nick Sirianni continues to make a case for himself. We were so unsure about him in the beginning of the season, but you talked about his play calling decisions yeah. today and how creative he got, and you know, switching things up, and that just shows like he's developing also as a coach, and we love to see that. But you touched on Garrett Gilbert. And the wild story, you know, they talked about when they were commentating about how literally like a few days ago he was at home 
with his daughter giving her a bath or like on sitting on the couch chilling and then he gets signed four yeah. days before he took the field on Tuesday which is wild um and so he signed a Washington football team in this emergency situation because Taylor Heineke was out on the COVID list and he finished 20 of 31 for 194 yards with zero touchdowns zero interceptions he didn't look bad for somebody who had been sitting on his couch Four days prior, he looked pretty good in his yeah. first, you know, I, comeback. I mean, I, I think there are two takeaways from it. One, like he looked really good, um, mm-hmm. especially given the context. And you know, you could ask about, you know, why aren't you a little bit more aggressive? Why don't you blitz him more and try to right. confuse him more and things like that? Sort of the similar conversations we've had about Jonathan Gannon and this defense all season long. I think there's a more like fifty thousand foot view of it, which is the NFL. And, and football in general really need to make the most of those sort of spring leagues, right? Because he was in the AAF, played for the Orlando Apollos, and was playing well. And it's a sign that, like, if there is success with the USFL or the XFL, which are both sort of coming back in the spring, it's nice to get these developmental opportunities for players where they can then get another shot at the NFL and, and Emery Hunt, who I love, who's great at CBS. He was talking about how like Gilbert is, this is the latest example of when you give people the opportunity to put some stuff on film, you know, even if it's in a spring league or, or another developmental type league that can open doors for people. Another example is Tyler Huntley. Like Tyler Huntley is a guy that I thought should have gotten drafted. I was so mad when he wasn't invited to the combine that year because he was a more efficient and productive quarterback, and he was the best passer in the Pac-12 that year. And by the way, Justin Herbert was in the Pac-12 that year. But Huntley put up better numbers. I was furious when he didn't get a combine invite. I was furious when he didn't get drafted. In my profile of him, I wrote, a team with an athletic quarterback that can move around in the pocket would be very smart to sign him and draft him as at least a backup option. Mm -hmm. You see that? But there are quarterbacks out there that just need opportunities. And Huntley was one, and we're seeing that play out right now. And yep. And but again, a third aside here: can we stop though with a Lamar? Should be benched or should be you know? No, no. Can we no, stop with that here. though? Somebody literally, literally just mentioned me on Twitter. It was like QB controversy because I was tweeting about the Ravens game. Yeah. And somebody was like QB controversy no. eyes, and I said, "Heck no, no, I don't see it. I think this is." And I talked about it. I think this is phenomenal job by the Ravens for pursuing Huntley, someone who has similar skill set to Lamar Jackson, because that's easier for the team to adjust to. They literally have the same play style. So that was a great job by the franchise. Kudos to them. But now you have arguably the best QB1, QB2 duo in the league right now, because Huntley could be a franchise. I mean, he could be a franchise QB, but I mean, currently he's the backup, but he did what he had to do. He looked really, really good. He did. And, and I do wonder, Emery also talked about this with respect to Huntley. You trade him for like a second round pick, trade him to like Detroit or something. And in this quarterback draft class where, yeah, there are guys that are intriguing, but you've now seen what Huntley can do in two NFL starts. Yep. One of which is against a team that right now is the top seed in the NFC. Yep. If you're like the Detroit Lions and you have to address quarterback, maybe instead of drafting one of those guys, you trade for Huntley. You take those two first round picks you have and address, you know, edge rusher with one of those guys off the edge, and maybe you get another receiver. Mm-hmm. Now you let Goff and Huntley battle it out. You know what both of those guys have done in the NFL. 
Yeah. That could be an intriguing sort of pathway for some teams. And so yeah. it's the bigger overall point with respect to Gilbert when we saw on Tuesday night, which is these developmental leagues, we should root for them to be successful because mm-hmm. A, it's more football in the spring. And we all love football. Yeah. But it's also an opportunity to get players that maybe slip through the cracks of the draft or free agency or whatever to put some stuff on film so there will be more players and more stories like this when it's like, hey, you know, it's time to fill out our training camp roster. Let's sign Tyler Huntley or Mm -hmm. let's sign uh, Garrett Gilbert because we've seen what they've done in these other leagues and it opens more doors, which I I think is good because as somebody that watches quarterbacks all the time, it's hard to get 32 guys that are good at it. And so these stories are great. I love seeing them. For sure. And talking about quarterbacks, we should shift to the Giants because they have stuff going on with their quarterback. Um, (laughs) Right. So like I mentioned earlier, the Eagles will be hosting the four and 10 Giants week 16. That's going to be December 22nd. So the day after Christmas at one o'clock PM. And that's literally really short turnaround for the Eagles, but taking a look at the Giants, they're coming off of this blowout loss to the Cowboys, another division rival 21 to six. And, Most recently, Giants uh, quarterback Daniel Jones on Monday, I'm pretty sure the Giants placed him on um, IR, which means that that ends his season. So he's out for the rest of the season. He completed 232 of 361 passes this season, a career best that's 64.3% for 2,428 yards, and he finished with a 84.8 passer rating. So now the question that remains, they have Mike Glennon and they have Jake Fromm. So both of them are going to be up for starting quarterback against the Eagles on Sunday. That's going to be interesting to see. And they're also kind of suffering a little bit more. They have wide receiver Sterling Shepard. But I want to touch on the quarterback before we even get into the remainder of the roster, the potential quarterbacks that they have that we have to prepare for. (laughs) I I, I mean, look, as somebody that doesn't work over at Big Blue View, our giant sort of sister site, yikes. Um, I don't want to say like that a a franchise is a a full-on mess right now. Mm-hmm. The Giants are going through some things. The Giants are going through some things right now, and they've had injuries and things like that. They've struggled along the offensive line to get protection. They obviously fired Jason Garrett a couple of weeks ago. We already sort of talked about that. Mm-hmm. And, yes, we're talking about a team that still managed to beat the Philadelphia Eagles a couple of weeks ago in a bit of a stunner. You know, But this is a team that right now they shut Jones down. Mm-hmm. Mike Glennon, you know what Mike Glennon is at this point. You have portions of that fan base, and I think rightly so, clamoring for more of Jake Fromm to see what you have yeah. at Jake Fromm, who you just recently signed. He was sort of you know let go or had, was on the practice squad in Buffalo. And so it's not a good situation. It's not a good situation at all. Now, there are questions, and Daniel Jones talked about it this week. Joe Judge talked about it this week. You know, his long-term future with the team, I don't think that Garrett will be the last name let go. I certainly anticipate Dave Gettleman, the general manager, to be let go. And then you're in a situation where you have a new general manager coming in, and he or she might look at Daniel Jones and say, I I, I don't like this guy. This is my quarterback. Like, I want somebody else. Yeah. You know, you have portions of the fan base saying, let's swing for the fences and try to get Russell Wilson via trade or entice Aaron Rodgers to come to New York City. They don't have a ton of cap room, though. It's kind of a struggle and situation. Now, if it were me, I'd start from because might as well see what you got. You know, Mm -hmm. you know what Mike Glennon is. Maybe from can do some things down the stretch where you think, okay, 
Well, we also have some some first round picks thanks to the trade with the Chicago Bears that allowed the Bears mm-hmm. to go get Justin Fields. And so maybe you address. Heck, I did a mock draft where I had them taking two offensive linemen in the first round because their offensive line is an issue. Nate Solder is at the end of his career. Andrew Thomas has been very much up and down. Will Hernandez, the guard, hasn't quite panned out the way we thought. They could literally draft two offensive linemen in the first round. So I think it's important for them to kind of see what you have in Jake Fromm, which is, man, if you would have told me, Rachel, that by Christmas time, I would be saying it's important for a team to see what they have in Jake Fromm. Yeah. Obviously, no, you're, you're crazy, man. That, mm-hmm. I, but that's where the Giants are right now. So we are where we were a month ago. This is a game the Philadelphia Eagles should win. This is a team that is struggling. And yeah. so if we're here after Christmas, yeah, I don't even want to think about it. You can't, you can't lose twice. No, 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 no. Because no. we know Jalen Hurts is going to play. Jalen yeah. Hurts is going to play. We know that. No, you can't. You can't have two losses within. No. What, what is that? Three weeks? The three games, basically. Well, well the three because the bye week, so three yeah. games. Yeah, that'll be so freaking disappointing. Like yeah. so sad. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's a nightmare scenario that that we basically almost laughed off. Yeah, ago. Like, oh, not, they, they can't lose. But yeah. this is a game similar to last night. If you want to be a playoff team, if you want to say sort of, look, we, we've arrived, all that stuff, mm-hmm. you got to win this game. Like, yeah. like You have to win this game. It's at home. This is a team down to a third-string quarterback, although you just played a team that was, you know, started a guy that was washing his kid in the bathtub when he got signed. Yeah. So, But, yeah, you have to win this game. You have to find yeah. a way to win this game. And, you know, with respect to what the Giants did a couple weeks ago, it wasn't like some – scheme that they played, some coverage that they played, some blitz thing that they designed. Mm-hmm. There were opportunities that we talked about. And you can go back, gentle listeners, and listen. Jalen Hurts missed opportunities in the passing game. For sure. And so to win this game, I think you need to see the Jalen Hurts of the third, the, the final three quarters last night and not the guy from the first quarter. And whatever Nick Sirianni said to him in that moment that you talked about and pointed out, it was so smart. Say it earlier next time if you have to. Say it before kickoff if you have to because you need to see that guy against the Giants to make sure you don't let this team hang around in this game. Yeah, and I think just like we talked about how Jalen Hurts, you know, had to come into this game kind of like with a chip on his shoulder because he knew the pressure and, you know, just the what would happen if he lost. I feel like it's the same situation going into the Giants game. You still have a chip on your shoulder. You lost yeah. a Giants a few weeks ago, so you still need to come in with that same like hunger, that same you know dog mentality because you can't afford to lose this game. Right, especially no, after no. coming like you. Uh, we need the the consistency. We don't want it to be like oh a strong performance and then you fall. Strong performance and you fall. Like we want to see consistent strong performances, and he proved that he can do it against Washington. So we just need to see it again. But yeah. Uh, uh, COVID and the injuries are definitely playing a part in this game. I had mentioned a little bit earlier, they placed their wide receiver Sterling Shepard on IR because of a torn Achilles. And yep. then I also saw that um, Keon Crossan, their defensive back, he was placed yep. on the COVID reserve list. So they had to sign linebacker Jalen Smith and Jaron Williams uh, from the practice squad. And also uh, on Monday, their head coach, Joe Judge, was talking about Kadarius Tony, and he hasn't played since week 11 because of some injuries, but he's expected to return. So that could be, I mean, help for them. But, I mean, 
he's still on the COVID yeah. list. I guess what I, I mean, I mean, Tony's a, a fascinating player, a, a player that I really like watching. I, I think the Giants. One of the things that I didn't like about Garrett was how he sort of didn't use him enough. Like he mm. didn't use him creatively enough. And I, I think Freddie Kitchens has done a little bit of a better job, generally speaking, not with Tony specifically, but generally with some creativity to the offense. But mm-hmm. it's a team that's struggling. It's a game that you should win. Of course, look, we're all sort of living through now year three or whatever of our COVID reality. And so, yeah. you know, we're doing this on Wednesday. Who knows what happens over the next 24, 48, 72 hours. I mean, yep. things could sort of change. So there is that sort of to keep in mind, but yeah. it's a game that they should win. Mm-hmm. It's a game that I hope they do win because, you know, keep this thing rolling and we'll just sort of see what happens. But I think generally with respect to Jalen Hurts against Washington, shaky start, really turned it on. That throw to Goddard was huge. The touchdown award was huge. Like these are the things we've been clamoring for. And it's yet more evidence that, yeah, okay, the potential is there. The opportunity is there for him to be the guy going forward. But we need to see more of second, third, and fourth quarter hurts and less of first quarter hurts. For sure. For sure. So, I mean, after the bye week, they did come back and they did, once they got things going, looked refreshed, recharged. So now we're back in full effect. You know, we got to, you know, keep pounding, like running the ball. You know, the the running the ball is really good too. (laughs) Jason Kelsey, by the way, yes, sprinting downfield. The first time I saw that play, Rachel, I was like, "Man, Goddard looks great." I, I know Goddard because they each had like the white. Like with Goddard's wore a sleeve, I think Kelsey, it's just an elbow yeah. wrap. But like, he looked like a tight end sprinting downfield. He was downfield. moving. I was like, I had to keep playing it because I was like, "Oh man, yeah." Like, yeah, he was moving. You could kind of tell he was like, what's going on? Cause and then the best part of it, though, yeah. Sanders cuts inside. Yes. And Kelsey's livid because he's right. like, man, cut off the block. But that yeah. was such a good play. I mean, oh, yeah. my goodness. So, I mean, we just need more. We need more. You know, they're in full effect. We only got yep. one, two, three, three games left. Three regular left. season. So, we just got to, you know, take advantage. And we are on a short turnaround. You know, we played on Tuesday and now we're right back on Sunday. But they should be well rested and healthy after their bye week. So yep. they'll be back on Sunday to host the Giants. That'll be December 6th, like I mentioned, after Christmas. So hopefully you guys enjoy your holidays this weekend. And that game will be at 1 o'clock p.m. We always do the BGN Instant Reaction Show immediately after the game. So tune in for that. Drop your three-word responses. Don't forget to rate. Leave a written review, subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on social media. You guys know the drill. Hopefully, we'll be back next Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday to talk some more positive Eagles football. We do, hopefully, we Play got on. the playoffs. Yeah, oh, we need it. So, we yeah. Do. do you have any last words, Mark? Hopefully, all gentle, dear listeners, have a wonderful holiday with your family and your friends. Stay safe. Remember, Christmas, like Thanksgiving, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Don't eat all the cookies like right when you roll up, like spread it out. And uh, Rachelle, it's been a blast this season. Hope you have a wonderful holiday. Go Birds. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, 
fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.